with AJ Stryker. Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight or whenever you decide to hit that play button or turn on that radio dial. I really appreciate it, y'all. And I have with me Mr. Michael Torello, play-by-play broadcaster and one of the best that we have to offer. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's a beautiful Tuesday night here in, in South Florida where I am, and I hope it's uh, lovely wherever you are. It's time to talk uh, week nine SFL action. Hey, yes, it is. And it, it's it's absolutely beautiful in Atlanta tonight, hence why I'm outside. Decided to get some fresh air. <laughs> but I forgot to say my, my picks for week eight um, with the last podcast I was on. And it wasn't so good. I think I got like four right out of me. I mean, out of 12. So that means four right, eight wrong. Hopefully I did better this week. I'm sure I did better this week, right? I chose. That is not from there, you know? (laughs) You you think, right? But I'm looking at this. (laughs) But I did choose Sioux Falls, Baltimore, Atlanta, Longstar Glory, Jacksonville, Vancouver, Houston, Arizona, Arizona, Tulsa, Carolina, D.C., and the Charleston Predators. So let's just see how well I did. On the 20th, the D.C. Dragons took on the London Knights. And London wrong. Oh, London won. I was wrong about this game, by the way. They won 19-14 um, in Queensway. D.C. had 111 yards passing, 113 yards rushing, 224 yards total. Their time of possession, 16 minutes and 13 seconds with one turnover. London had 276 yards passing, 118 yards rushing, 394 total yards. Their time of possession was 27 minutes and 14 seconds with two mistakes. So, Mike, what did you think about this game? I thought it was a lot closer than a lot of people probably expected it was, with the records being what they are. DC kind of cruising in at 1 and 7, and uh, London at 3 and 5. But I think where... Uh, DC kind of went wrong is in the passing game and specifically pass defense. You mentioned it. Angus McLean had, you know, 276 passing yards and kind of just tore apart the DC secondary. And that was the the big moment of the game. Gotcha. Player of the game was wide receiver Ben Kalia with five receptions, 122 yards, one touchdown and 24.4 yards per catch. Also on the 20th, the Denver Nightwing took on the Atlanta Swarm. And Denver won 37-27. to 27. I was also wrong about this game. They played at the Hive. Denver's passing was 310 yards. They had 134 yards rushing for 444 total. Their time of possession was 22 minutes and 50 seconds with no mistakes. Atlanta had 416 yards passing, 44 yards rushing, and 460 yards total. Their time of possession was 21 minutes. 10 seconds and three mistakes. So it looks like Denver held BDG, Hollywood, and um, Bryant had a few mistakes. Would you say? Yeah, I'm honestly surprised you picked the upset here, Ashley, because Denver looks like one of the more solid teams in the league this season, a season which basically every team has had their ups and downs with that win. Denver sits at seven and one. They're pretty much a lock for the playoffs already. And they did it with defense. This was a high-scoring game, so you're maybe thinking, 
What kind of defense? You said it. They stopped BDG Hollywood. Only 43 yards, no touchdowns, only two receptions out of the backfield for BDG, who is one of the best pass-catching running backs we have in this league. And that was the tail of the tape. Denver ran away with it late. And the player of the game was wide receiver Bryce Battle. Six receptions, 119 yards, three touchdowns, and 19.8 yards per catch. Also on the 20th, the Mexico City Aztecs took on the Lone Star Glory. And Lone Star won. 28-15, I was right about this game. Um, played at Meadow of Water Field. Mexico City had 292 yards passing, 54 yards rushing, for 346 yards total. Their time of possession was 20 minutes and 17 seconds with three mistakes. Lone Star had 169 yards rushing, 153 yards total, 322 yards. Their time of possession was 23 minutes and 43 seconds with one mistake. So it looks like Lone Star had a more balanced game, would you say? Yeah, I was actually really shocked about this outcome. Lone Star came back late, and I'll tell you what, their record is only 4-4, four and four, but they really have surprised me late on in this season. They have a big scalp over Mexico City. That's a divisional win, and now, who knows, they could run the table their last couple of weeks. I've been really impressed by running back Ike McBride, had 118 yards in the win. Um, it's just a very nice all-around performance at home in Denton, Texas. And Ike McBride was the player of the game. She had 21 attempts, 118 yards, one touchdown, 29 reception yards, and one reception touchdown. On the 20th, the Baltimore Vultures took on the Queen City Corsairs. And Baltimore won 21 to 6. I was right about this game. They played at Control Field, and Baltimore had 296 yards passing, 48 yards rushing, 344 yards total. The time of possession was 23 minutes and 41 seconds with three mistakes. Queen City had 161 yards rushing, 116 yards, I'm sorry, 161 yards passing, 116 yards rushing with 277 yards total. Their time of possession was 19 minutes and 55 seconds with six turnovers. So what did you think about this game? Well, the most important thing about this game is Baltimore is pretty much locked up that North Division, they've now got a three-game lead on London going into the last couple of weeks. I don't think they can be caught. They'd have to lose out. London would have to win out. But that's the big overarching storyline. The other thing I want to hit on real quick is Queen City's down season. Normally a powerhouse. Now they're sitting at three and six. Uh, they're going to have to look for something in the offseason to turn it around. I know I didn't touch really on the game, but the overarching storylines for this one I think are more important. Definitely understood. Player of the game was quarterback Jack Wigmore with 38 completions, about a 53 attempts, 296 yards, two touchdowns, and 74.1 quarterback rating. Oh, also on the 20th, the Arizona Scorpions took on the Las Vegas Fury, and we lost. Late by Vegas, <laughs> Vegas won 25 to 23. I was definitely wrong about this game. We played at Silver State Stadium. Um, we had the Arizona had 318 yards passing, but only 32 yards rushing. Time of um, total yards was 350. Our time of possession was 17 minutes and 43 seconds with four turnovers, four interceptions, mind you. Las Vegas had 315 yards passing, 94 yards rushing for 409 yards total. They held the ball for 53 minutes and 27 seconds with two mistakes. 
No. You called this game and I, the excitement that you and Benji had throughout this entire game, well, first it was kind of slow, but like towards the end, that fourth quarter, at one minute and 43 seconds, (laughs) tell us about that. I think this, this, this format of discussion does not give us enough leeway for me to accurately describe what the, that game was like. I mean, you mentioned that Arizona only had 32 rushing yards. And the big portion of that is that the running back DJ Moses went out on the third play from scrimmage with an injury, leaving Arizona with only a backup to work with. And basically the whole, the first three and a half quarters of the game was Las Vegas controlling the time of possession, but barely not being able to pull away because the Arizona defense was playing really well as they got, you know, they got two big interceptions by Bernard Smith. And then right at the end, Arizona came back, took the lead on a fourth and one go route down the sideline to Donnie Hands to take the lead with a minute and 47 seconds left. Then rookie quarterback Colin Pierce led the Vegas Fury all the way down the field to set up a game-winning field goal as time expired, including converting on a fourth and 17 that if they didn't get it, Arizona wins the game. So (laughs) it was an insane last couple of minutes of that one. And it was a, a pleasure to call it, of course, with my uh, broadcast partner, Benji Matson. And, and man, that game, I know I'm going a little bit over time, but I have a lot no, to say fine. about this. It's uh, fine. <laughs> that game was pivotal in the division because coming in, both Arizona and Las Vegas were four and four. Now, Arizona is four and five, Las Vegas is five and four. And in the driver's seat, potentially, to pick up a wild-card playoff spot. As I said earlier, nobody's catching Denver. They're 8-1. But yeah, that that could have been a make-or-break couple of minutes for both of those teams this season. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad we gave everybody the entertainment that the kids didn't pay for. But, you know, I, I thought that was absolutely a great game to watch. I mean, true, we were on the, you know, the, the losing end of it, but... I mean, just the, the the sheer drama is real. Hashtag drama is real. Definitely applied to this game. Um, quarterback, rookie, Colin Pierce, was the player of the game with 28 completions out of 42 attempts, 315 yards, two touchdowns, 84.9 quarterback rating. Also on the 20th, the Jacksonville Kings took on the Los Angeles Vikings. And Jacksonville won 26-10. to 10. I was right about this game. Played at Full Moon Coliseum. Jacksonville had 294 yards passing, 59 yards rushing, 343 yards total. Their time of possession was 24 minutes and 44 seconds with one mistake. Los Angeles had 306 yards passing, 51 yards rushing, with total 357 yards. They held the ball for only 18 minutes and 24 seconds with four mistakes. So do you think that mistakes were the reason that L.A. lost? Yeah, you got to look at the turnovers. I mean, it's a complete opposite to the week before where Lone Star, excuse me, Los Angeles went on the road to the Hive and beat Atlanta 
with Rochelle Colston grabbing four interceptions by herself. And that was the difference in that game. So obviously the turnover is the difference in this game. Jacksonville, a big powerhouse in the league, as we know, they've made two finals in the past. The Atlantic division is shaping up to be a good one because with Florida at six and, or seven and two and Jacksonville at six and three, Carolina at five and four and Charleston at five and four. That is the only division in the SFL where every team is over 500 and we're set for a barn burner down the stretch in the Atlantic. But yeah, Jacksonville on the road, getting the job done with their defense. Bruh. I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. That will be- I didn't want to say anything, but yes. <laughs> no, wait, we're good. Trust me. <laughs> I see it all the time. <laughs> Player of the game was quarterback Christian Christensen with 44 completions out of 50 attempts, 295 yards, two touchdowns, and a 96.2 quarterback rating. On the 21st, the Houston Hyenas took on the Fort Worth Toros and Fort Worth won 27-7. to I was wrong about this game. We played in the stockyards. And uh, Houston's passing was 318 yards. They rushed for 20, had 338 total yards. Their time of possession was 17 minutes and 19 seconds with seven turnovers. Fort Worth had 231 yards passing, 81 yards rushing, 312 yards total. Their time of possession was 26 minutes and 38 seconds with two mistakes. So, again, turnovers had to be the name of the game in Houston, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you commit seven turnovers in a game, you're pretty much asking for it at that point. I mean, this was a huge momentum swing for Fort Worth. They came in at home against the team in Houston that really wanted to win this. It's a local rivalry, and they just showed them the door immediately. And now that makes the South Division very interesting because Fort Worth now moves into a tie with Mexico City atop that division at six and three. And they, they have to thank their uh, Texas brethren, the Lone Star Glory, for uh, defeating Mexico City and made, making that happen. But yeah, if, if, if you commit seven turnovers, it's not going to go well for you. Well, unless you're Arizona, then you win the game. I don't know how that, <laughs> that happens. But player of the game was quarter, cornerback Adam Leach with one interception, one touchdown, four tackles, and two pass deflections. Um, on the 21st, the Tulsa Desperados took on the St. Louis Gladiators, and Tulsa won. Um, I was actually wrong about this game. Uh, they played at Gateway Coliseum. Tulsa had 222 yards passing, 69 yards rushing, but 291 yards total. The time possession was 21 minutes and 49 seconds with two mistakes. St. Louis had 288 yards passing, 126 yards rushing, 414 yards total. Their time of possession was 22 minutes and 11 seconds with four mistakes. So it looks like St. Louis on paper had a better game, but Tulsa walked away with a win. Yeah, and what about this slide for St. Louis? They've now lost four in a row. They've fallen out of the lead of their division, taken away by Tulsa, who beat them in this matchup. And uh, yeah, Tulsa just played a better game down the stretch. JQ with a very, very respectable 83.3 completion percentage. And yeah, the Gladiators continue to free fall, and it's, it's because of their defense. They just can't stop people when it matters most, and it happened again this week. And uh, halfback Sanzo Robinson was the player of the game. 
with 23 attempts, 70 yards, one touchdown, and 22 reception yards. Also on the 21st, the Vancouver Legion took on the Florida Storm. And Florida won 38-20. to 20. I was wrong about this game. Now, normally I never go against Florida, but I don't know. I was thinking they was going to, you know, Vancouver's going to do something. Clearly, they did. Well, not much. Um, passing for them was 250 yards, though. They had 208 yards rushing, so they were balanced in that regard for 458 yards total. They only held the ball, though, for 19 minutes and 11 seconds with five turnovers. Florida had 315 yards passing and only 82 yards rushing, 397 yards total. They held the ball for 24 minutes and 23 seconds with one mistake. So, again, it seemed like Vancouver on page seemed like they were supposed to win the game, but the five turnovers killed them. And this was also the Robert Redford, or excuse me, the Ron Cochran show, four touchdowns and 313 yards. And yeah, it's a great performance. Robert Redford, I mentioned on the other hand, 207 rush yards kept Vancouver in it. But this is just a message to everybody. Do not bet against Mighty RX against Vancouver. Every time in big games, it seems the storm come out on top against the Legion. Florida now controls their destiny in that division. And, and again, he proves that I think Mighty and the Florida Storm are back and they are a championship contender this season. Definitely. Player of the game was quarterback Ron Cochran with 35 completions out of 41 attempts, 313 yards, four touchdowns, and 120 Point eight quarterback rating. The San Diego Mavericks took on the Charleston Predators, and Charleston won in a big way, forty-one to nine. Um, I was right about this game. They played at Fort Moultrie Memorial Stadium, and San Diego had two hundred and sixty-seven yards passing, twenty-five yards rushing, for a total of two hundred and ninety-two yards. Their time possession was twenty-six minutes and forty seconds, with three mistakes. Charleston had 440 yards passing, but negative, am I negative one yards rushing? 439 yards total. They held the ball for 17 minutes and 20 seconds with two mistakes. Negative one yards rushing, Mike? Nobody wanted to run the ball in this game. They had a total of 24 yards rushing between the two. But why, if you're Charleston, they ran away with it? It's been a tough season for San Diego, and hopefully the new ownership group, Optimus Klein and company, can learn from this and, and move forward for next season. But Charleston is right in the thick of it, as I mentioned, in that Atlantic division where everybody's over 500. And they've got a legitimate shot at Jacksonville and Carolina down the stretch to try and sneak into the playoffs. And they're just, they're playing very good football in Charleston. And as much as it pains me to say it, being a Carolina man. <laughs> hey, I understand, man. Trust me. I, trust me. But your player of the game was quarterback TD Drew with 29 completions of 43 attempts, 425 yards, four touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of. 120.8. Portland Fleet took on the Carolina Skyhawks, and Carolina won 24-19. I was right about this game at David A. Richards Richardson Memorial Stadium. Portland Fleet had 151 yards passing for 200 and 247 yards rushing. Time of, um, I'm sorry, um, total yardage was 404 yards. Their time of possession was 25 minutes and 6 seconds with one mistake. 
Carolina had 234 yards passing, but only 59 yards rushing, 293 yards. Their um, time of possession was 18 minutes and 34 seconds with one stick. So how did Carolina run the ball less and made the same amount of mistakes and held the ball with less time? How did they come out with this one? Well, this was a contrast in styles in its most extreme form. Portland came out to do one thing, run the football with Ezekiel Love, and they were doing it very effectively. He was averaging about seven, eight yards per carry in the first half against the Carolina defense, and they were keeping pace with them, Portland was, with Carolina offensively behind quarterback Xander Gold. But the problem is when you get a running back that has 40 carries in a game, he's going to get tired. And that's what happened to Love. By the end of the game, he was averaging one and a half, two yards per carry because he just didn't have the energy left to go down the field. And then Carolina uh, pulled away and or stayed in the lead, I should say, late. But for a long time in the Carolina locker room, as we were watching this game, we're going, man, He's just going to run every play, and they're going to win because we can't stop him. And But uh, Love got tired in the second half. It was a great game plan by Portland, and it just unfortunately just didn't end up working out for them. Gotcha. I did. You know what? That I negated to say that you were on Carolina. I, I apologize. Not a lot of people know that because my player name is not my actual name. <laughs> what is your player name? Just so everybody uh, my, knows. Uh, Davidson Joseph. I'm a cornerback. Gotcha. Cornerback Davidson. Okay, guys, we got to look out for David. <laughs> I, I'm going to be real with you. I don't know. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations on the win, man. And the player of the game was quarterback Xander Gold. 19 completions, 27 attempts, 234 yards, three touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 118.4. Last game to end things off on the 21st was Sioux Falls Sparrows taking on the Louisiana Revolution and Sioux Falls won at Stack Up Stack em Up Stadium. And I was right about this game. Um, Sioux Falls had 265 yards passing, 141 yards rushing, 406 yards total. Their time of possession was 25 minutes and 52 seconds with one mistake. Louisiana at 252 yards passing, 195 yards rushing, 447 yards. Their time of possession was 18 minutes and 8 seconds with 3 mistakes. So what do you think about this game? Here come the Sparrows. They've won uh, three of their last four, and they're making a push to maybe put their name in the hat should they win out. What this tells me is that Sioux Falls loves a scrap. This was another scrappy, scrappy game. Sioux Falls had to fight tooth and nail to the end of the game. They did it as well against London in week seven. But this game was mostly controlled by Louisiana for the most part. And then in the second half, Sioux Falls came back and, and stole it from him right at the end. But man, if you were counting Sioux Falls out, don't anymore. They may have had a rough start to the season, but uh, Julian Tyree and company have figured things out up there. Exactly. Point of uh, player of the game was wide receiver Gunnar Lewis with five receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown, and the um, 24 Point two yards per catch. So 
I want to be in half and half, right? Six wrong, six right this week. You know, it's better than having four wrong and eight. I mean, four, four right and eight wrong, you know, so making those adjustments. Well, I didn't expect to do this, but I'm going to go look at the league wide predictions from okay. last week, because okay. I think that's about average six for six. Oh, okay. Well, I'm average then. <laughs> Yeah, the this past week they yeah they uh, seven and five actually was the um, the league overall was was seven and five so they hover around that five hundred mark and it, it just goes to show you that it's an any given Sunday kind of proposition here in the SFL it, two teams step on the field and one leaves and something we who knows who it's going to be most of the time I love it because the league is so close. Very, very, very true. And I'm glad that Cam added these divisions to make things more interesting. So, if you want to see what we're talking about, if you want to have the schedule for the games, if you want to be able to pick up Arizona Scorpions jersey, hold on, let me tell you guys. Arizona Scorpions and your favorite team's jerseys, apparel, if you wanted to find out where our podcasts are, read articles, visit www.simulationfl.net. And you can even join and be a player. Just join our Discord from there, all right? So, picks for Week 10. And again, the graphic that I'm going to show you on the screen is probably going to be different from how it's um, listed, how we're actually going to go down the list. And this is for Week 10. So, Sioux Falls Sparrows will be taking on the Las Vegas Fury at Silver State Stadium. Now, we just went over there. We traveled to Silver State and Arizona lost. But I think that I'm going to go with Sioux Falls Sparrows. I think that they're hot. I think that they're going to come out guns blazing. I think they're going to wind up taking a win. This is a very interesting matchup because both of these teams are coming off of victories and both really need to win out. But Sioux Falls need to win out and get help to have any chance of the playoffs. But Las Vegas needs to win out to have a shot at a, at a home game. So... Both of these teams are going to be fired up. Both of these teams really love to run the football. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to love to watch this matchup. It'll be wonderful. All right, the Louisiana Revolution. Say that three times fast. Um, taking on the Denver Nightwings at Richard L. Snowden Stadium. I think I learned my lesson. I am going to choose the Denver Nightwings to win this at home. Let's say you. Tough to pick against Denver. As I said, 8-1. and one. They're cruising their way to the number one overall seed. I'm not going to make many picks, but I'm going to pick Denver in this one. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And trust me, while you can broadcast, I understand you decide you don't want to. You don't have to. But it, it does help to kind of give like a little bit of information on the games if you, you know, like to do that too. Fourth Worth Toros will be taken. I'm sorry. Mexico City Aztecs will be taken on the Fourth Worth Toros in the stockyards. And the way Fort Worth has been playing lately, I and then Mexico City, if the Bronze Bomber can get off and get down, get, get some passes down the dags, they could be a very dangerous combo. But I think, and then with Ray Bentley over there, um, I think I'm going to go with Fort Worth though, just because the way they've been playing, they've been firing on all cylinders, and I, I just think they're going to take this win. Probably not by much though. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, the game of the weekend. Yeah calling it right now. You'll want to tune in for this one. This game will be for sole possession of first place in the South Division and a inside track for a first round playoff by Mexico City and Fort Worth. Both score a lot of points. Both have really punishing defenses. Watch this game. 
All right. Jacksonville Kings will be taking on your Carolina Skyhawks at David A. Richardson Memorial Stadium. Oh, man. Mike, this is going to be a tough game, and this is going to be a real tough game. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, but um, we need to win two of our last three to have a shot at the playoffs, and it starts right here. Um, from a Carolina perspective, I mean, we, we can do it. Um, we don't think we showed a lot of you know, of sets this week on offense. So we think we can come in and surprise Jacksonville a little bit. And then on defense, we got to take the ball away, either force it out of Christensen's hands too early or force them to run the ball. Because when Christensen gets going, that's an unstoppable boulder. Yes, and he has been on fire. He's been doing great this season, period. But I think I'm going to give you guys an edge to win this game. I think it's not. I think it's probably going to be like around seven. This depends on which Carolina offense is going to show up. You know, defense is always usually on point, but will you guys make it? I'm hoping so because I picked you guys to win. Harish, I will come see you. <laughs> <laughs> the Vancouver Legion will be taking on the San Diego Mavericks at uh, Robert Hanson Field at Lee Archer Stadium. And I'm going to go with Vancouver. I think that San Diego still has some growing pains and still has some progression that they need to kind of take effect before they – start winning more games, in my opinion. I'm going to go with Vancouver on this. I agree. Vancouver is playing angry because they lost last week to big rivals, the Florida Storm. Uh, as you said, San Diego, first season, they're still trying to figure things out. I don't think that that'll last for much longer for San Diego, but right now, Vancouver is uh, in a strong position in this matchup. Yeah, but once those progressions kick in, it's going to be a whole nother ball game. Same with D.C. But let's see. I have the Florida Storm taking on the Charleston Predators at Fort, at Fort Moultrie Stadium, uh, Memorial Stadium. And I am going to go with, ooh. I'm going to go with the Florida Storm. I'm going to go with the Florida Storm. I think that, I mean, with Allen and, and Mighty both being owners that have been in this league for a long time, it's going to be very difficult. And I know they're going to be well-prepared as best as they can be for each other. I just think yeah. that Florida will take the edge on this. I, I don't deny your reasoning. And I also hope that Florida wins because we need Charleston to lose. As Carolina, we, we, we need to have the, the one-up on them. So, yeah, Florida in this matchup. Again, Ron Cochran playing out of his mind recently. They've got the offense ticking. And, you know, those defenses are ball hawks. They take the ball away a lot. Look out, Charleston. Remember, T.D. Drew basically threw most of the time for Charleston. And if he throws right into the teeth of that Florida defense, it could be a long day for the Predators. I agree. Long Star Glory will be taking on the Baltimore Vultures at Vultures Field. And I must say, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Long Star has been doing, has been making significant strides with Ike McBride, um, Ace Finnick going off and everything like that. But I think Baltimore is just going to have that, again, edge over them. And I think it's probably going to be either a 7 to 10 lead. Yeah, I, I, I agree with this one. Um, Baltimore, the reigning champions, they've been doing really well. They sit atop their division. They're cruising their way towards the playoffs. Lone Star had a big win recently, but uh, I think that Baltimore gets it done. Gotcha. So um, Atlanta Swan will be taking on the St. Louis Gladiators at Gateway Coliseum. Should be a fantastic game. Atlanta is going to be traveling to St. Louis. 
Um, I think I think Atlanta is actually going to pull this one out. I think BDG is going to have a fantastic game against St. Louis, and I think they're going to wind up winning this game. This is a close one. I mentioned earlier in the show that St. Louis has been in free fall. They've lost their last four games. And Atlanta also hasn't had the best road in the last couple of weeks. Now everybody's looking up at Tulsa in that division, but it's still very close. I I think the winner of this game still has a chance to make the playoffs, and the loser of this game is going to find it very hard to sneak it at the very bottom. So big, big game in St. Louis this weekend. I agree. Houston Hyenas will be taking on the London Knights in Queensway. Mm, Going to also be a fantastic game. If Angus has a great game like he did, um, then I think they have a chance. But the way Houston, they're going to be playing angry as well. Um, I think that Shan has going to put up, put together the playbook that those guys over there to actually beat the London Knights, probably by seven points. Yeah, and remember that Houston has a lot more to play for the rest of the way because, remember, Baltimore is pretty much locked up the North Division, so London can't really get there. They are 4-5. and five. They could finish at 7-5 uh, and five if they win out, but Houston still has a fighting chance in that South Division with everything being so close, so I think Houston playing with that extra motivation might find a way to get it done on the road, but who knows? All right, and so the Los Angeles Vikings will be taking on the Portland Fleet at the shipyard. Ooh, that's going to be a great game. I think that L.A. is actually going to wind up probably taking the win on this one. What do you say? This is a tough one because both of these teams are coming off of games where they probably had a fighting chance but ended up losing. I agree with you. I think the Los Angeles defense is going to be too much for a Portland offense that hasn't shown me enough this season to, to warrant them taking this matchup. All right. And the Tulsa Desperados will be taking on my Arizona Scorpions at Arizona Scorpion Stadium. And, of course, I already got, I got the jersey on. This is who I'm voting for. This is who I think is going to win. And... They're actually going to be on the show a little bit later, and that's a very interesting show to watch because there was bantering there. But um, I think that, you know, as long as DJ stays healthy, we should be good to go to win this game because we're going to have to wind up past, we're going to have to wind up um, being um, using our passing game as well as our rushing game with these guys because they have uh, a very, very great defense over in Tulsa. Yeah, this is going to be a matchup of two fantastic defenses. I put, I'd take the under in this game if I was a betting person, which I am not. But uh, yeah, it, this is a tough one to call. Tulsa now controls their destiny in their division. So playing with a little bit of extra motivation. And Arizona now has to win two of their last three to have a shot at the playoffs. So every game matters for both of these teams. This is going to be, I think, my sleeper choice for game of the week. My big choice for game of the week, obviously, I I said it earlier, was um, Mexico City and Fort Worth. But this is my sleeper choice for game of the week. All right. Sounds good. Will you be calling this game, too? I guess we don't know. I I don't know. Uh, 
Mike Daggs, who's our broadcast director, usually doesn't like people calling the same team twice, so probably not. Gotcha. But uh, we'll see. All right, then. And lastly, the DC Dragons will be taking on the Queen City Corsairs at Con Pro Field. Um, I think, again, like San Diego, I think DC Dragons, even though they have had some really, really great games, they did get their first win. Um, and I think with progressions, that this team is going to be dangerous next season. But right now I'm going to go with the Queen City Corsairs to win this game. Now, these are two teams that have underperformed to expectations this season. Queen City, obviously the most decorated team in league history with four championships. They're sitting at three and six. And then DC, you said one and eight, just at the bottom there in that North division, have a little, little bit of things to figure out. But if anybody can figure them out, it's it's Destro and Steven Mullinax over True. there in DC. Yeah, I, I think that this is a pretty safe call for Queen City, but who knows? Who knows if the uh, offense gets going and Sabaz Synergy starts throwing bombs, it could be anybody's game. Any given sim day. Period. <laughs> All right, guys. Next up, we have the Tulsa versus Arizona podcast. Coming right up. The chatter. All right, what's up? It's the Filmation. We are back with the Tulsa versus Arizona podcast. Oh man, I didn't. It's it's a little weird for me because I was mentioning this to the fellas right before we started that I started on Tulsa. I'm currently on Arizona, so it's like, and I'm the quarterback of both teams at one point, you know. So it's it's a little. It's nice, but it's a little weird to have both get all y'all in the same room together. It's for a fight to break out of time. Y'all don't want but, these problems? Oh, okay, listen. No. <laughs> I know you play football. I know you play football for real. <laughs> You're trying to stop big. What, how, how big was that dude that you said? Like 6'5", like 260. Nah, I'm good. I don't need the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the problem. But I'm going to go around the room and just ask, how, how's everybody doing? What's new? What's going on? And I actually have two new people that have never been on the show. So I got special questions for y'all. But let's start off with Dion. Since you are the guest, how have you been doing, man? What's been up with you? I've been excelente. I'm good. I've been chilling. Just working, taking care of the family, trying to stay safe from COVID. You know what I'm saying? So we good. Still waiting on my taxes to hit, though. I'm trying to be balling for, like, a couple of weeks or whatever. They take playing games with me, but no, <laughs> no I'm just playing. No, I'm good, though. Everything good on our end. Chilling. That's a real thing. Trust me. I do understand. You know, right. that stuff coming right in handy. We already had to wait, what, over, what, three years for it? And then you want to wait? <laughs> can we wait some more? So I, right. I get it. All right, Eddie, man, what's going on? See you out there in the car traveling. Yo, my signal going in and out. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. I don't hear words just there. <laughs> can you hear me now? On. What up, though? Not much. You just want to know what's up with you, yeah, man. How, how you been? What's been up? Uh, life is busy, man. Right now, they got us working out here like Hebrews. And um, I'm in Texas right now, somewhere outside of Austin, headed towards San Antonio. And, uh, yeah, just chilling, just trying to get ready for this week for, uh, for Tulsa. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to touch on that in a minute. But all right. And Christopher. Christopher Andrews. How are you doing, sir? First time on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm glad you I'm glad you're here. Of course, I got some questions for you, but I also want to introduce Mr. DJ Humes on the podcast as well. How you doing, sir? I'm all right. All right, good. Good to have you. So, Dion and and Eddie, I'm gonna let y'all take a seat because y'all been y'all kind of regulars on the show. But for DJ and Chris, I just got a few questions for y'all. How old are you? Where's your home? So where did you come from? Where's your hometown? Give us some interesting facts about yourselves and your favorite NFL team. And I'll start with you first, Chris. Uh, well, I'm 42 years old, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I don't know anything interesting about me, man. I like, I'm actually, man, I actually love basketball. I'm a basketball player. This, this is my time of year um, with the March Madness and everything. Um, my favorite NFL team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as you know, living in Alabama, man, it's about the college football here. So we're big, we're big Alabama Crystal Tide football fan. Okay, I'm sure you got a whole bunch of Alabama fans that are in the league right now that agree with you too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the the Crimson Tide are basically the 33rd NFL team anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be treated like that. I swear. <laughs> so what's up, DJ? How are you? What's what? Can you answer those questions for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 29. Um, I actually turned 30 in a couple months. Um, from Kansas City, live in Kansas City, and uh, obviously that means my favorite team, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> which I have been enjoying these last. 30 years because the previous 24 were very terrible. So, <laughs> so y'all was like the ain't, huh? I, I know, I know. No, I never thought, I never thought I'd even see them make the Super Bowl and they went and won it. So, you know, everything else from here is gravy. All right. Gotcha. And what's the interesting fact about yourself? Um, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm just kind of a normal dude, you know, kind of like Chris. Like, I don't, I'm not really that interesting, I guess. Oh, no, I gotta be something. You can wiggle your ears, you can, you double join it, you something. I don't know if the camera will pick it up good, but I got my hand caught in an escalator when I was five. Oh, dang, <laughs> man. How many stitches? Uh, no stitches. It was actually, uh, the, I got it caught in the handrail. Oh, it was dang. literally like a year before they started making the guards mandatory. Mm -hmm. So the the rubber part of the handrail, yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, it gave me friction burns, but they was the equivalent of like third degree burn. Oh, but luckily I was young enough that it that it healed up good, and like I didn't I don't have any nerve damage and I got full you know functionality just because it happened when I was so young. Gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't fun, but I don't, I don't remember it, so. <laughs> right. But, you know, hey, that's that that's a pretty interesting detail. And you, like you said, you still got everything and it still works. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, let's get down to the nitty gritty of things. What do you think about season 16? We are heading into week 10. 
So we had nine games. Some of them were successes. Some of them were heartbreak hotels. I want to get everybody's opinion about that. And I'm going to start with you first. Uh, let's go back the other way. DJ. Uh, it's been, I mean, for us specifically, for Tulsa, it's been kind of a wild season. I mean, when we started out 0-3, and, you know, from there we went 4-1. and one, And we've been in every game so far except the uh, – I believe, well, who was it? Mexico City is the one that we, like, just nothing went right for us. I think we ended up losing by, like, more than two or three scores, if I remember right. But outside of that one, like, it's been, we've been pretty consistent. I mean, you know, there's things we can do better, like limiting the turnovers, and we, we need to get that ground game going. But, you know, me being a diva receiver, I ain't going to mind if we throw it 50 times a game. <laughs> But uh, it's it's been fun to be a part of, you know, like and see like everybody's still in it. There's not really a whole lot of teams that are out at this point, you know. Like we went from zero and three to we're if if I believe the math and the tiebreakers work out right, we're top of our division at the moment. So that's been a pretty fun ride. Oh, perfect, man. Perfect. And what about your player success, your individual player success? Are you happy? Anything you think you want to change? Uh, I'm happy so far. I mean, I'm just trying to to grind those uh, progressions to get some more of the animations going because most of my primary stats are maxed or close to it. So like, I just I picked up Route God a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm working on some more. But like, as far as like personal stats go, it's not really anything I'm worried about at the moment because like when I got drafted last year, like I talked to, to Dion before he drafted me. Like I came into the team knowing that I'm third fiddle behind literally the best receiver in the league in my opinion, Gabriel Manning. And Corey Jones ain't a bad number two. He'd be a number one on most other teams, I feel like. And then, you know, this year we picked up uh, Jason France as a tight end who's shown some some real promise. So, like, yeah, I mean, my stats are not that good, you know. Obviously, I, I like to have them be better just because, you know, you always want to see your guy do good. But, like, I feel like I'm fulfilling the role that, that I agreed to perfectly. And, hey, we're winning. So what can I really complain about? Good point. Very good point. All right, Chris, same question. What do you think about your season so far? And then what do you think about your individual players' success? Well, man, I think season season's going pretty good. You know, we started off a little slow, but here we are in week 10, the top of the division. You no, know, made a strong comeback. I think we got, what, four out of the last five, something like that. So, you know, season's going pretty good. A lot of people in the league didn't think it was going to be like this. Um I think I was watching um, Tyler Fox show at the beginning of the season. He had his four and eight. Now here we are, man, five and four. So, I mean, it's a success. You know, a lot of people, as we look into who you got and all of that, they don't they don't give us a lot of, you know, a big chance, you know. We just keep our heads down. We're a quiet team. We keep our heads down and we go to work every week. That, that's what we're about. So, you know, hey, that's the Tulsa way. We ball over here. And as far as um, as far as my personal success, um, man, I've been at it since season fourteen. Um, I feel like me, Jaden Swift, and Berto Demoya 
hey man, we formed one of the best D lines in the league. You know, y'all, you guys got a pretty good line too. But hey, <laughs> we got a man, we got a pretty stout man up front four. Matter of fact, inside the whole entire defense. I mean, as far as myself, this is I think this is my best year. I think I got um eight sacks so far this year. I think that's my high. So um, I think I got 15 to 16 tackles for loss. I mean, I'm I'm on top of the world right now. You know, it's my best season, man. To best season to date. More to come. All right, love it, love it. Dion, what are you thinking about your season, man? And why don't you have a player on the field? Uh, I'm pretty good with the season. I was like to harp on what those guys said. I was definitely kind of down about the first three weeks man we had a we came out the gate we got our ass blasted atlanta beat the brakes out of us it was 44 to 17 and we like man we can't let that ride so um i attribute it all to my staff like with chris and berto uh Jaden and gabe like we all come together and we work entirely like we have weekly meetings hey what do you see what do you see and we put it all together and uh starting to pay off and we've able to turn the playbook around and uh, make on this be on this run and playing desperado football that we all know we can so initially i was down but now um i'm confident as ever like the thing the play i've seen on the field recently is what i know that our team is capable of uh in all aspects uh gabe does his thing dj well both djs on the defense uh and on offense hume does his thing he plays his role and that's what it takes uh we know with football everybody can't be a superstar so we need every position to play their role. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what makes the team successful. Uh, and as far as my player, um, that just, I mean, I was i was done with it. When I first joined the league, I made a player, was one of the best running backs in the league. But as I told everybody, once I had, I got my, my initial goal when I first joined the league was to have my own team. So I played, let my running back play one season, and then I'm done after that. Like, if I'm pulling the strings and running the show, I wanted to give somebody else an opportunity to take that mantle up. So um, if it's a simulation football league, if I'm Jerry Jones, why should Jerry Jones be on the field getting handoffs? And I know that's just my personal take. No knock on everybody else. The owners want to play. I'm all for that. If that's their thing, more power to them. But for me personally, I want to bring in guys and uh, let the let them have the opportunity to shine on the field. And I'm, I'm just happy with trying to keep everything in line uh, behind the scenes. and uh, But at the end of the day, I want to win. Shit, I want people like-minded and we want to have fun, but it's only fun, fun to me when we win. So when we lose, it don't matter. I take it on the chin. Even if I didn't do a game plan that week, it's on. It's all on me. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about being on the field, but we all hear the ball. That's what we do. All right. Nice. Eddie, what about you? What do you think about our season? And what do you think about your individual player's success? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Just can't see you. While he's getting it, while he's getting it together, I'll go. <clears throat> so as far as the Tulsa, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> so as as nah, you said it right. You said oh, it shut right. Up. Shut up. <laughs> as far as, you know, being on AZ, I mean, we had those moments where, like last last game, for instance, it was one minute and 43 seconds left. I chuck it downfield in fourth and one, and I chuck it downfield. Donnie Hands catches it. We instantly 
we we catch up then we surpass them by one point and we don't use the time we didn't get up enough time off the clock so now they get the chance to go down and score a field goal um we had some very good games that we were in but it just seems like we are still working on what works best for our offense I know I throw a lot of interceptions. Now, I don't know if that's settings. I don't know if that's my individual player and how I built her. Um, not quite sure. And I'm not quite sure how to fix that. But I do know, like, we had one game where we threw set, I threw seven interceptions and we still won. That was the game that um, I dedicated to my father when he just passed, you know? So we had those moments of brilliance that we would show. But then we have those moments in which it's like, what is going on? You know, how how do you get AI to call what you needed to call? And when we see it, um, when we're seeing it in practice, when we're seeing it when we run in our sims, how do we get that to translate on the field? Because sometimes it just feels like it, it just don't, you know? Um, but I think if we can, I think overall we had a decent season, I will say. Um, like I said, if those were just those some slight miscues. If we can turn those around, then we'd have a we'd have a better better season than we're having right now. But hey, we still got two more games to win. We had two win three. out of the three. No, technically we can win if, if we win two of those three games, then we can still make the playoffs. You know. Who knows? Maybe we can win all three. Maybe we can win all three. I mean, we're gonna try to start this week, but you know, um, I, 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 I still remain hopeful that we'll get those those pieces that we need to be able to be more successful. And I'm looking my my players pretty much all statted out for the in, this, in regards to the things that really matter. So now I'm going to be working on some other things to try to make her more accurate, try to to make her more mobile, things like that. So we'll see how the future hold what the future holds. You know? Eddie, what are your thoughts? All right, so what were the two questions? My thoughts on the season and what else? And then your individual player on the field. Um, my thoughts on the season, we four and five. You know, two of those losses. The loss to London, I blame myself because, like I told you in the locker room, I was – coming home late from work and I made the chance to the offense, but I got to make the chance to the defense and sure enough, it was it bit us, especially in that fourth quarter when they had to go for it on fourth down three times, I think it was and we didn't have a place now to get them off the field, that's on me um, the loss last week ain't no doubt in my mind if, if we had DJ, we win that game ain't no doubt in my mind you know, he got hurt after three carries and was out for the game and wasn't even touched. That pissed me off. I almost punched I wanted to punch a wall. I shed tears after that game. And, I, and I'm man enough to admit it because I was just so pissed off to put all that work in. I wanted to see that happen to us, man. I was, you know, it, I was just emotionally spent. And, uh, but it's still, we got, like you said, we still got three games left. Start this weekend. Toss, I'm sorry, but uh, y'all taking an L this weekend, man. Y'all taking the L, and uh, you know, like like he like my man was saying earlier. I, I didn't catch his name, but like my man was saying earlier, he right man. His D line man actually back there running for a life. <laughs> but uh, 
you know, it's going to be a good game. I look forward to, um, you know, keeping Ashley upright as much as possible, getting, you know, and doing what it takes to win the game. So, you know, we'll see. You know, like, like, like my man said, you know, they got Gabe over there and Corey Jones over there, Sanzo, you know, they got some weapons over there. So we got to be ready. And uh, I haven't had much time as I, I would like to sim this week because of work. But uh, we'll get it together. And um, I look forward to a good game. As far as my player go, man, I, I get what Deion's saying. I, I respect him for wanting to make room for other guys and all that. But he was a running back. You know, it's only 24 of them. You know, I'm a strong safety. There's a lot of them. Man, I, my guy going to be in a wheelchair out there if I, if, if I had to get him out there to feel. He going he gonna, he gonna to be out there, you know, making tackles and deflecting passes and do what he got to do to help the team win. You know, one thing I don't do, which I'm proud to say, unlike a lot of owners, is I don't hog up the salary cap. You know, every year since I have this team, and you can ask Addie, she's sitting right here, I, I strip my animations and say, yo, y'all go there, y'all eat. You know, you know, I don't have to stop teaching with four and five animations to be successful. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I brought y'all here. I want y'all to have fun. So, you know, I say that I say the cap for y'all. Y'all go out there and eat. And I start as a, as a bronze. I do it every damn season. I don't really care. And uh, we're going to do what we got to do to you know, try to get W's. Season ain't over with yet. Got a couple of disappointing losses, but um, still three games left, three, three opportunities to do we need to do to make the playoffs and uh, let the chips fall where they may and then unfortunately for Tulsa to start with y'all and uh, I look forward to a good game this weekend okay anybody got something y'all want to say about that yeah I know Eddie's my guy but I hate to disappoint <laughs> that man I know he's going to be on his high horse but he's going to have to take that L <laughs> I'm confident you know what? I, I dedicate I, I dedicate this game to you when you call me out on Dave's action show talking about so you know where I live at. Hey. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so when y'all when y'all eating that L, like my man from uh, Tampa Bay said, what that W tastes like, y'all ain't gonna have a clue what that W tastes like because y'all gonna wow. be swallowing that L this weekend. Yeah, you see he got his ass released after that too, so <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing after y'all take that L. <laughs> Re- hashtag retire Eddie Gage. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, like no, y'all wagering? <laughs> y'all gonna put a wager on it? Hey, I'm all for it. What you want to do, man? Right, I'll we let talk. Me. We talk some. We'll make it happen. We'll post it so everybody can see. You hit my DMs. We'll make something happen. Cause yeah, okay. this is a big game. If we'll do the official announcement, if everybody know, it's gonna be a robbery. The Dust Bowl <laughs> is what we calling it. That's right. The Dust, Dust Bowl, Bowl. Tulsa versus Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be good. I love till we hit that field. Then hell no, We're going down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do plan on um, making sure I evade all of your defenders. So I mean, I'm gonna do the best I can. Now I can't throw. I I ain't gonna sit Ooh. here and say I may not throw no interception or two. But what I will say is that as long as we come out with that win at the end, I can throw seven it's all still. That it's, it's only one step matter, and that's the W. That's what we gonna get. Facts. Mm-hmm. Not a, after right. this game, after this game, Tulsa gonna be tied with St. Louis and, and and Atlanta, and we gonna be uh, in a dog fight for second place in the West. We are gonna just go from there. 
Yeah, y'all don't even need this game, man. We do. We might not <laughs> need it, but we're going to have it. It's ours. We're going to send y'all some tickets. I'll, I'll reserve y'all a press box for our first-round playoff matchup. Y'all want to fly y'all down. Get y'all some Tulsa barbecue. I know they ain't got no good barbecue in Arizona. Y'all out there eating churros and shit. <laughs> Tex-Mix. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a great matchup. I know y'all got some ballers on y'all team. and So, y'all yeah. know y'all bring. I know y'all in the lab. Eddie B. and Marty's talking about him in lab. And yeah, right. Miss me with that. I know your ass probably just got off the Xbox 20 minutes ago. When you got in the car. <laughs> hey, I should tell you, man, I've been working so much, man. It's crazy. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad then. Unless you got his best for us. So. <laughs> See? <laughs> How many scouts you got on your squad? That was on the next question. All, all I need is one. My man right here, Christopher Andrews, which is, to be hey, honest, the unsung hero. I ain't never, I've been doing this for a while. I ain't never seen a scouting report like this man do. This man, it's, what's today? Tuesday? He just uploaded our scouting report right before we hopped on this call. It's already done. So this is the man. <laughs> All credit credit goes out to him. Boy, got the y'all attributes, y'all tendencies, what y'all whole playbook that y'all did on Saturday. It's already done. So this the man right here. He'll big credit for what I turn around this season. All props go to him. Christopher Andrews. Remember that name. Hey, I'm I'm jealous of him. You know how many scouts I got? Yourself, me, myself, and me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I feel it though. That's how I was. I, I'll, I'll admit, I was like, no, nah, I can't trust nobody else. It's all on me. But hey, I got lucky. I was blessed with. I got a great staff now, and I attribute them. They help me out. It takes some burden, especially with family life. I commend you. I know you always on the road, so I can just imagine how much time you using taking the Xbox with you. So props to you, yeah, but man, bro, yeah, it's still on the plane. Know. I already know, and that's the thing. A lot of people they don't get like they think they're watching the game. And they're like, oh, man, why are we in shotgun on the two-yard line, on the goal line? And yeah. people get upset. Like right. Yeah. But they don't realize, well, how you think that make it's, us feel? We don't spend 10 hours trying to game exactly. plan. Yeah. I'm 31 years old. I don't gain at least 50, 60 gray hairs strictly <laughs> because of SFL games. So trying. trying to game plan. and they, so they, I, We understand your frustration, but the owners and the coaches – we stressing 10 times more than y'all because we don't spend all week neglecting our families trying to win this game and we going through mm -hmm. it watching the games we know the play is about to be ran before it happened they like why yeah. are they doing this right now so yeah. to the whole league like if you want to be involved and you want to understand get with your coach get with your owner get the game like it, we got great owners and great staffs in this league we all willing to teach y'all and so y'all can see the other side of it and why it's so difficult because you're right. game planning against your opponent, but when it comes down to it, you're trying to trick the AI into doing what you want yes. it to do. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what, exactly. right. Uh, that's what people don't understand. You might put in a formation or a play that you don't even want it to run just so we can call another play in that same formation. Yeah. And that's that's on, that's, man. that's the uh, that's Stop. the thing that people that people don't get. So I got a yeah. great staff, Birdo and them, and we talk. And when you have multiple pe people on your staff, it's a lot easier. And that's the thing mm -hmm. that people miss. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to the staff real quick. Because one, they're one of the biggest reasons why I'm here in Tulsa is because I actually played for uh, Jaden and Birdo at Madison in the minors. Um, and, like, there was a conversation that we had yesterday in the locker room chat. Uh, some, I'm not going to name names, but somebody brought up some points that they had saw. 
and was basically like, hey, this is what I'm seeing, you know, how do we change this? Or, you know, can somebody explain to me why the AI does this when it's, you know, not optimal or whatever? And, like, we have a good enough locker room and a good enough staff and, and a good enough owner that, you know, we have four or five different people putting their opinions in there, you know, talking to each other, explaining stuff, trying to come to, you know, like a, a common consensus, which is, you know, one of the best things that I like about this organization is you can just, if you see something, put it out there. You ain't going to get yelled at. Nobody's going to say you're overstepping your bounds or, you know, hey, you're not a coach. You're just a player. Get back in the, you know, get back in your place. Nobody's going to say that. Yeah. And that's really important too to make you if you if you want to make a difference, be, allow your team or allow people to help you so that you can. Um, he is totally right. I mean, we've tried to offer people money to scout for us. We've had people that have said they were interested in trying to scout, but then they're like, "Oh, I'm going to scout half the game." Be like, you know, nah, this ain't for me, bro. So it's just like it's about you finding those right people that that diamond in the rough, if you if, if you would, and. Yeah. If you can find that and somebody that's really down for your team, somebody that has your team as well, you know, the, the, the team's interest at heart, you're going to go far. And that kind of segues, Chris. So what is your secret to being a good scout, an effective scout? Well, it's just about watching the games. Well, you know, you got to have some football knowledge then because it, it is assimilation. So it's it's realistic as it could possibly be. So the more football knowledge you got, the better it is for you to scout to kind of decipher what's going on and to counter what another team's trying to do. But it's at the same time, it's the AI. I mean, the AI does some unbelievably crazy things. And so you not only are you trying to scout against the opponent, but then you're also trying to say, okay, now in my report, I gotta write it up in such a way that we gotta also trick the AI to run in this, this, and this. Because if I just say, hey man, we need to stop X, Y, Z, and we just send it in there, the 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 AI come out in goal line and you're at midfield because it's third and one. And man, they just throw man the the 30 yard, 40 yard, 50 yard bomb on you, and that's it. You know, so you gotta trick this AI on top of just preparing for what teams do. And also teams change up week to week. Um, we played, um, who was we played this weekend? Um, St. Louis. So we played St. Louis last week. If you watched the game the week before, St. Louis threw the ball, I would say 70% of the time. But when they played us, it was they the first ran. time all season they they all of a sudden run running the ball with the fullback. I mean, it was the first time all year that they did that. So you, you're trying to also trying to come up with what they might do. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's tough, but you just put in what what you're going to do as a team as your team and how they're um how they're formed. You know how what what you guys got if you guys got three receivers instead of four, where well, you got to, you know, put your team, base your team around what you have. And the same thing on defense. If you got um four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs, 
I mean, that's nickel. You gotta you gotta plan that that's your base and go from there, and then try to add wrinkles here and there to make it work. So that's what we try to do. We just try to watch what other teams' tendencies are, and you just try to put something together, and then try to think of everything else that they might do based on what their roster looks like. I just still think that's crazy that you gotta trick <laughs> that you have to trick the AI to make you to to call the right play. Because you know, I remember we would go two minute drill and it'd be like 10 minutes left in the quarter. I'm like, what are we doing right now? You know? And he was like, Ash, like I, I put it in there, but I know I was going to call it right then. You know? I, I remember that after that game, I literally was messaging owners like, bro, why is he doing this? Like losing my mind. I'm like, do I need to add 30 run plays? Just so I don't understand. Like, I'm messaging people that we're going to play, Mighty, probably Eddie, anybody. I'm just messaging owners like, hey. And that's another thing about the league. Like, it's all a family. Like, we all opponents at the end of the day, but we're not afraid to help each other out. So, yeah, right. like I said, anybody get involved. If we all friends most at the end us. of the day. Reach out. Yeah, most most of us. <laughs> so, would y'all be – would you guys be inclined to, let's say, if you have people that are interested in scouting? Would a few of the owners be be willing to kind of like do like a Zoom meeting where you can kind of share what you do, um, like off season, and just maybe just try to teach people how to do it? Because maybe it's situations where there are willing participants, but they just don't know how. Like me, I would love to scout. I would love to be able to game plan. I play Madden, but I know that. 2K is different from Madden. Maybe not as much, but there's definitely some differences there. I'm wondering, would the owners be willing to do that? Kind of like do a class or something. Yeah, I would be open to that. Um, and I'm not sure if that's what's going to happen at this convention, but I know previously for that one got canceled, we are going to do like a symposium of sorts. Mm. Like just like an yeah. owner's panel. Just ask questions. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, I know we do here in Tulsa, but I'm sure other teams do as well. I think the average person, they may just be intimidated by it. Like they don't, before they even try, they may think that, oh, I don't have the game. I can't do it. You don't need the game. Like you can just, you, you're already watching the game. If you take a notepad, it don't have to be copious notes or oh, they ran a three yard out and this is the percentage. Even every little bit helps. Just something saying that, oh, he got 10 targets. Six of those targets were deep posts. Just that little bit helps could take 20, 30 minutes off someone doing a game plan and just help. So if you yeah. want to get involved, just ask. And so I think a lot of people are intimidated and they just think that it's more involved than what it really is. So I think people they don't reach out and they don't try. Yeah, it's like Dion says, it's just watching the game. That's it. If you're going to sit down Saturday or Sunday and watch the game, right? It's the same thing. You're watching the game. You see what works, what not works. It doesn't have to be so technical. You can just be like, hey, um, Team Z has run the ball up the middle 10 times and they've gotten 150 yards running the ball up the middle 10 times. We play them next week. Let's just, you know, that's all you got to do. It's just really watching the game. And once you give that information, just say like, for instance, to me, then I can go and look and break it down and say, okay, they ran this particular formation and they did this and did that. And so they like to do X, Y, Z. It's not really, to be honest, it's a lot, but it's not a lot. You just have to watch the game. And then basically you just writing down notes. You're just taking notes, tendencies on what they're going to do. And, you know, it's both ways, offensive and defensive. And the more you 
you watch it, and the more, like you say, you get the game, then you can kind of add more. But anybody can just – anybody on the team can just sit there and watch the game and then just throw their two cents in. I mean, it's all good. All information is good information. So how long – and this is going to be like one of the last questions that I ask. How long does it take to scout a game? If you – ideally, I would say around about time, everybody – all well, DJ, I don't know if you have any – DJ, do you scout too? Do you do you have the game? No, I, I don't. Okay, so Chris, um, Dion, and Eddie, how long does it normally take you to scout a game? Um, to be honest, I ain't really been doing no scouting. My man Chris, he got that on lock. So I do a little sims here and there, and I skim the game. But as far as in depth, um, that's my man. I default to him for all of that. Um, and actually, this season, I, I've been hands-off. I really, I did a little game planning here and there, but on offense, it's been mainly Birdo, and on defense, it's been Jaden, and then uh, Gabe giving his thoughts. But when I used to do it, scouting-wise, maybe maybe hour and a half, but I'm not sure how long he takes, because when I used to do it, it's not even in-depth as much as his is, so I don't, I don't know how long it takes him, but it didn't take me too long when I did it, but I kind of half-assed it, because I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> You got about 12 other things you're working on, including the family. Yeah, so I, I know, I know, right? <laughs> so what about you, Chris? So how long do you say, do you think it actually takes? Um, it just depends. Um, it depends on how long the game that you watch from the previous week goes. So it might be an hour and a half for the game and then another maybe hour and a half to write everything up. You know, mm -hmm. I, I generally, I'll do it two hours over two days. So we're talking about like, Sunday or Monday, you know, a couple of hours, and then Tuesday, I kind of get it together and I put it, write it all up so I can get it into my guys. So generally, yeah, about three to four hours, I would say, you know, and yeah, that's it, three to four hours, yeah. Three four hours, and that was that's per game. So if you're scouting, let's say you're trying to scout for um, weeks 10, 11, and 12, that's four hours each game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be like three, four hours each game. Yeah, but um, generally, I mean, like I say, you're really coming in um, and looking at everything from the latest game because you can watch the other games. You know, just like if I'm watching TV on Sunday, I'm watching the games. So say, for instance, I might have watched you guys three or four times already this year. And now is the week that we play you. So I already got a working knowledge of what you guys do. I've seen three games. So I might watch the last game and take what you got for the last game, add it to what I maybe seen over the past three games and take the tendencies that I see and put it down. Okay. So, you know, it's always like that. Like I said, it's about three hours on average, though, for, for a game. And that's good to know, just in case somebody is interested in doing it, at least they have um, kind of a time to gauge. And I'm assuming that the better you get, you know, or, you know, depends on how much information that you really need, you can go in one hour. I mean, I had right. Jeremy on the show and he told me that he only spent sometimes like maybe five hours total in a week. I'm like, hi, that's what game planning, that's what, I, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you're good, you know? So, but it just, I guess it just depends on your knowledge and how, um, how well you do things. Uh oh, my camera's out of focus a little bit. There we go. All right. Hey, Joe. Well, we're getting yeah, ready to end right. things. 
<laughs> My bad. You good? Did you want to? Did you want to add something to that? Or you good? No, I'm good. You good? You, you got it. Okay. So what I want to do is just kind of go around before I let y'all go and see what is your what is your overall thoughts for season sixteen up until this point and. Do you see yourself being with the same team next year? Okay. All right. I'm within, um, hey, hey, Eddie, we're going to go ahead and go with you first so I can let you go. Man. I'm good. I just mm-hmm. have my room. Okay. What's the question? I was saying, so where do you foresee the rest of you know the what? season going? Hey, come come back to me. Come get on the elevator. Okay. All right. So let's go with you, DJ. Where do you see your? Um, where do you see the rest of this season leading up to? And then, what are your thoughts on staying with Tulsa? Well, first off, I see the rest of the season leading to a Tulsa Desperados victory in the championship game. Because um, I honestly believe that we are the hottest team right now, four and one in our last five games. I don't care what the who you got says. Um, in fact, keep on betting against us because we win every time you do. So. Um, no, I believe in this team, though. I think we're going to win the division, and I think we're going to be that one team in the playoffs that, regardless of seed, don't want to face. You know, like Tampa Bay last year. Um, like Cinderella. In the NFL. Like, what? Like the Cinderella. Like in the, when, they took, when they say, like, the um, in the dance, when they talk about the Cinderella coming from behind, like Loyola beating Illinois. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, Oral Roberts at the moment. Right. Um, yeah, I think we can be that team. Like, we have it in us. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, and I've told everybody in the locker room, the coaches, Dion, I said, I'm I'm in Tulsa as long as you want me. As long as the cap works out fine and you want me back, I am going to stay at Tulsa. Because, one, it's actually, well, minus St. Louis, but anybody that grows up in Kansas City knows it. St. Louis is the second tier city in Missouri. So outside of St. Louis, Tulsa is the closest uh, uh, city with the you know SFL team. So it's kind of my home team. Um, but also, like, like I've mentioned before, like I just I, I love this team. Like the guys we have, amazing locker room. Couldn't ask for better teammates. Same with coaches and ownership. Like I, I want to be here. Hell, I, I I always like the idea of being a one club player. Like, I love it when that happens in any sport. It's just cool. You know, it's a cool story. So that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be a one-foot club player, and I want that club to be Tulsa. All right. I respect that. All right, Chris, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm enjoying the season. Hope we can keep pushing forward, make these playoffs, have a chance to uh, win the title, you know. Um, as far as myself, Man, Dion took a chance on me three years ago. You know, he picked me up in the third round. I mean, I remember reaching out to him, you know, and he hit me back and he gave me a chance to get in the league. I'm here and um, man, I ain't planning to go nowhere else. I mean, it's a great organization, man. We all come together. It's a cool locker room to be in. I mean, what more could you ask for? So. Like it's just it's everything what DJ just said, and I mean, so I'm 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 a desperado man. It's like we ball around here. 
right, we ball. All right, all right. Well, for me, I plan on being here, unless Eddie fires me. <laughs> you know, I'll be looking for a job if he decided he wanted to just part ways with me. But uh, no, no, Arizona is a great spot to be a part of. Um, and for people that don't know, I did get my start in Tulsa, and Deanna will forever and always be grateful to you for bringing me in the league as the first female quarterback and, you know, giving me my start was with y'all for two years. So I always got some love for it. I'll always have love for Tulsa again. Until we play each other. This this weekend, you know, it's all right, bro. But, um, and I foresee us going, I believe that we're going to get those two wins that we need to make it to the playoffs. But how deep we go, it's still subjective. Um, but I think that we do have a chance with the squad that we have with DJs and with Iverson Gamble and Mark Mello and um, D.D. Sacks all over the place, sacking the quarterback. So you all better watch out. Y'all telling me to watch out. J.Q. better watch out. Because them boys be hungry. Um, and it, it's a good squad to be a part of. Yes, a lot of them are more quiet. They have um, jobs. They have, they're have they in school. Um, Bernard's over there making beats, you know, concentrating on that. So, you know, my thing is, as long as y'all make y'all progressions on time, and as long as you're out there for game day as much as you can be, I can't, I can't say enough about these guys. But uh, what about you, Dion? Yeah, I might be with the team next year. You never know what may happen. I'm, I might find into some financial trouble and have to sell the team for some stocks and bonds or something like that. You never know. <laughs> but no, nah, um, yeah, I plan on both these guys being back. I like what well, I just love hearing it. It need not even if it was my team. Uh, at the end of the day, I want everybody to have a good experience. So, um, at at the end of every season, we have uh, exit interviews, and I ask each and every player, like, hey, do you want to come back? What are your aspirations? We would love to have you back, but if you want to go somewhere else, all power to you. Like, any people that done left here, I let them know, like, hey, you welcome back, but if you don't want to be here, just be, I believe in 100% transparency, so it ain't no hard feelings. Like, just be a, be a honey with me. Let me know if you feel like you need a bigger role, if you're not happy, let me know. Because at the end of the day, win or lose, we want everybody to have a good time. This ain't no free shit no more. Everybody paying money. So I don't want somebody paying money and they not happy with the experience that they getting from Tulsa or with the SFL as a whole. So, um, but yeah, I expect going forward, um, I'm ecstatic. I want us to be in the playoffs. I feel like we have the pieces and the team to go far this year. So that's our number one goal is making it in. I don't care if we're a 10 seed, 12 seed, number one seed, it don't matter. It's the SFL. The number one seed can lose to the lowest seed on any given Saturday, Sunday. Y'all know how this league is. It don't matter. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm ecstatic with the pieces we have and our prospects for the future. And uh, we're getting in y'all ass this weekend, period. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead. <laughs> what about you, Eddie? Um, you know, I ain't going nowhere, Ashley. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here till the league kick me out for doing something stupid or saying something stupid, but, um, I ain't going nowhere. And to, uh, to, uh, piggyback on Dion comments, um, Ashley, you know, I'm the same way. I tell the people in the locker room all the time, 
I say, listen, you guys are paying for this player. Y'all are paying for an experience and y'all expect us to deliver. And, um, you know, every every season around week 10 or so, we also um, go around and ask each individual, yo, um, what's your intention? Do you plan on retiring from the SFL? If you plan on staying, if you plan on leaving and testing free agency. And along with that answer, I don't want just the answer, but I want to know why. What made you decide to stay? What made you decide to retire? What made you decide to test free agency? Because I actually tell you, I also believe in transparency. You know, I'm always upfront and honest with each and every player on our, on our team. And I expect the same from you. That's it. You know, I want to know what made you decide to stay or go, you know, because if if you if you chose to stay, what what makes you stay? You know, and I, and I get all kind of different answers, and I appreciate hearing it. Um, if people choose to leave, I want to know, yo, what made you leave? Are you not happy here? Is it because you want a bigger role with the team, or you know, with the league, or you know, what is it that makes you leave? And so far, we've we've only had people leave because they wanted another shot at coaching or a GM. That was Kanye and uh and uh, Tanner. And then um, Wyo left, but I think he left because, you know, he was, you know, he liked um, Johnny Pickler's swag or whatever, and he wanted to, you know, ride with him. Hey, bro, God bless you, you know, so I, I would never, I, like I like I should tell you, I take nothing personal. Let me sit up, y'all. I take I take nothing personal. So if, if you want to bounce, or if you decide to stay, you know, just let me know what makes you choose um, to do so, because I want to know. Um, I want everybody, everybody to have fun, ball out, you know, make the Pro Bowl, you know, all that good stuff that come along with it. But at the end of the day, the thing I want the most is wins, and it's 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 not always easy selling that to everyone because everyone wants to know, yo, man, when my player not balling out like so and so. I had a player um, on my team. Matter of fact, I'll tell you his name because it's it's actually a cool story right now. Mark Mello at the end of last season said, yo, Eddie, man, I can't, I don't understand it, dude. I'm not, I'm not balling out like, like, uh, like, um, what's my man named in Queen City who was balling out, had all them sacks? Uh, not David, was it David Tilly? I forget. Duffy? No, yeah, Jeff uh, Duffy. Yeah. I said, yo, man, my, my player, I'm balling out like Jeff Duffy. I said, dude, you've been in the league for two seasons. He's been here for a minute. So I, I shared my screen with him and I took him to the WSF, WSF to the SFL website. <laughs> and I said, you see this? See how long he been in the league? Now look how many sacks he had at the, in the same season that you just had. Y'all real close. I said, dude, it take time. You progressing for a reason, fam. And it, it ain't gonna just happen overnight. You know, part of it is scheme and part of it is, you know, your player improving. You know, everybody in a hurry to get animations and all that and I get it. But in, in order to make them animations work, I, got, I need to build up on your player first. And once we get that, then you can ball out. And you see him now, you know, man, that dude, whew, he killing it this place. year. Yeah, yeah, he all over the place. He, he killing it. Him and, um, and my man, uh, D.D. Sacks. When I got D.D. from San Francisco, his build was trash. And they had an animation on him. Like, bro, you know, I hate to break it to you, but if you want to come here, I need you to draw the animation. That's what's on your bill. Hey, man, no problem, man. Whatever it takes to make the t- team win. I'm all for it. So we dropped the animation. I built them up. And now he balling out this year. He killing it too. So, man, I'm telling y'all, and, and y'all better be lucky y'all ain't got us, y'all didn't play us 
and uh before Alex, because Alex, man, he real close. But once that brother get on on two, boy, I front four gonna be real nasty, boy. Y'all gonna be running for y'all life out there. <laughs> but uh I'm telling y'all, man, and, and all my dogs up front already told us that we coming back for next season. Man, when when Alex and and uh Max Knight, oh my god, boy, we're gonna be setting records out there, I'm telling you. But uh, yeah, man, it, it, I, I want everyone on our team to have a great experience, um, have fun, you know, ball out. I just wish if I could change anything about our team, and don't get me wrong, I love every last body, uh, every individual on our team. If I could change anything, I just wish we had some more dogs on our squad, man. I want some people who who would like to do like more press conferences and stuff like I used to do when I had time or you know stuff like that exit interviews or whatever you know I, I don't have it I wish I did but like I tell everybody the, the only the most the, the best I can ask for you is to you to progress on time and don't you know make an ass out of yourself and embarrass our organization as long as you're doing that that's the most I can ask for but if I if I got some more of that man that'd be really sweet but um it is what it is. I, I still every everybody on the squad. You know, we do have fun. We got we got a lot of quiet individuals on the team who don't speak much. Diddy Sacks, he come in there and speak like twice a season, <laughs> but he see every game. And then yeah. my deeper wide receivers, you know, James Hands, Donnie Hands, James ain't never in the locker room. <laughs> Donnie come in there like once a week, but they watch every game and, and, they, and they call myself. I'm like, yo, man. My brother had more catches than me this week. We got we to turn that around. You know what I'm saying? So I, I know they're watching the game because they, they hit me up every week. I love every last one of them, everybody on my team. And I just want everybody to have a, a great experience. I promised my our squad playoffs this year. And um, I feel kind of bad because of the two losses we had that I know we should have won. And uh, that's on me at the end of the day. Well, DJ getting hurt. That's BS. But that's another story. But, um, you know, we're going to get there, man, one way or another. And uh, we just gonna keep building, man. I'm, I'm working on some things in the future to to make my life not so hard to improve our chances of winning games. But um, that's something that's down the road, and uh, I look forward to that. And uh, yeah, man, because like like Dion was saying, it's hard doing this shit by yourself. Sorry, guys, it's hard doing this stuff by yourself, man. And you got to get help. You know, you 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 might think you can do it. But it's just so much help, so hard being an owner, trying to do all the owner responsibilities, trying to, you know, get the playbook right and sim scout and do everything else. That it's it's a lot, you know what I'm saying. But um, you you need help. I, I'm I've, I've been talking to owners recently who burnt out, and you'd be surprised who some of these people are. And they're like, man, you know, I can't do this no more, man. I gotta I gotta do something different. Or, get out the game or whatever and i get it man because this time i'm in season 14 i think it was week nine or week 10 i was sitting there scouting our next opponent it's probably about one o'clock in the morning because i had to wait for my daughter to go to sleep because she was wanting some daddy time and all that and i had to put my wife to sleep if you know what i'm saying and um you know so i didn't get a chance to start working until late and uh i was sitting there exhausted and I just remember, I, I just started crying because I was just burnt out, just emotionally spent, tired from all the simming, scouting, doing everything myself. And I just said, man, I just can't keep, keep can't continuing to do this. So, man, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to grind till I, you know, till I can't. But um, moving forward next season, I got to make changes because I just can't keep doing it for myself. I tried to pay people to do it. I had two people who actually interviewed 
scouted a half of one game, both of them individually, and said, yo, man, it's too much work. I'm out. You know, I appreciate the opportunity, but I can't do it. And I'm actually trying to pay people money to do it. Ain't that crazy? But, uh, yeah, so it is what it is. Yeah, and, you know. And I uh, you know my squad, but that's it. That's all. That's it. And that's all you can do. And like you said, like both of y'all was explaining, you can only cause so much. You can only control so much. So I think when people actually understand that, um, people will be more patient and less likely to, you know, throw shade or talk smack about your team winning and, you know, your team losing and all this kind of stuff. Because then you understand what it really takes to to get this stuff do what you wanted to do. And hell, I learned something tonight, you know, that you really got to put in other plays just to make it call what you want, which is nuts. And then it's going to call whatever it wants to anyway. But fellas, great conversation. Thank you so much. Each and every one of you are welcome to come back to the show whenever you want to. Of course, it's always a joy to have you. And I thank everyone of y'all for being on. I'm going to just quickly, quickly, just let everybody just give a shout out do a quote, do a poem, whatever you want to do, a song, that would be helpful. And none of, I'm sure none of y'all ain't going to sing. But, <laughs> but I'll start with you first this time, Eddie. So much is given, much is required. So I will never complain. Um, you know, I, I asked for this, you know, for two seasons or three seasons, I was, you know, trying to get ownership of a squad and uh, God blessed with this opportunity. So I would never complain about doing what I got to do to put in the work to make us, to get us to the next level. I just wish I had more help, but I'm working on that. And uh, it was on our love every last one of y'all. We got a good game. We got a big time game coming up this weekend in Tulsa. Y'all gonna take that L, nothing personal. We can go out for a bit after that, but um, y'all taking the L this weekend. You can count on that. All right, DJ. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh my teammates, man, like from top to bottom, we got we got superstars on this team, man. We got the secondary, Torres, Hesla, just out there grabbing interception. Um, we got linebackers. I mean, Espen Royale, he came back out of retirement, man. I got to give him props for that. that. That was a cool thing to do. Um, you know, we already talked about our D-line, Chris Andrews, Burrow DeMora, all of them. Like... You know, I, I think you're a nice person, actually, but you're going to be on your ass a whole lot this week. So, <laughs> uh, we, and on offense, I mean, we got Gabe Manning, Corey Jones, me, in my opinion, my biased opinion, best wide receiving core in the league. We got Jason France, rookie tight end. He's out there looking like a mini Travis Kelsey. JQ's coming into his own, getting those interceptions down. Like, we're, we're going to be a dangerous team. I just want to give a shout-out to – uh, you know my players and my coaches like you know I think we can do it phenomenal Chris yeah I just want to give a shout out to my my teammates as well you know um, boys Birdo and Jay Swift on the line we got DJ Majesty and man the old man Espen Rael that linebacker oh I forgot about Janelle Ritter can't forget about the Rook man we got Nate, we got, man, Carmen Shaw, we got, man, Thornton, we got Battery, man, we got Torres, the D, the D is stacked. So, Ash, we, we coming after you this week, just let you know, it's going to be all good after the game, but we're trying to put it on you, and as far as the offense goes, 
know we got our boy Sunzo, we got JQ, we got Money Manning, uh, man, Corey Jones, man, we got Jay France, old DJ Hume at the slot, man, even my big boys on the line, uh, Potter, um, every, every, just everyone, man, everyone that, man, is on the, on, on the Tulsa Desperado team, man, we balling, man, it's just shouts out to all you fellas, man, for putting that work in. Hi, right, Dion. I was muted. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, just following what them guys said. We got, I love everybody on our team. We got a great group of guys, um, especially with the O-line, like Mike Potter and Finley James. They don't get enough credit. The league as a whole has some great offensive linemen, and they don't get enough credit. I mean, it kind of stinks that they can't have, like, stats like everyone else. But, uh, like, Finley, he runs our social media. He does a great job. Uh, Potter's always asking me, hey, what well, should I progress this week? What can I do to help the team? So that's like the ultimate sacrifice the ult because you know you're not getting the stats. You know you're not getting uh, called out a lot of the times in the, the game chats because uh, when they see you make a big block, most people don't see that. They don't even recognize it, but you might be nope. the uh, what we needed to get the third in inches when you get mushed or if you don't get if you get the first down. No one says, man, what a great block by the center, by the guard, by the tackle. Right. They, don't, they don't see that. They're like, man, he got that one I yard. Do. Slow down now. I'm a right. Well, not I everybody. Do. I'm I speaking for most people. Most people, they don't acknowledge that. But we I see that. You. The coaches, the people that's in depth, and they yeah. may not think they matter, but they are huge oh. and a big part of the team. For um, sure. It's like yeah. being a kicker. The only time you right. get mentioned when you screw up. When you miss. Right. Then they talk about the kicker. They're like, oh, kickers is automatic. Until you knock one off the uprights, then they looking at you like you trash or something. Like, you made 13, <laughs> you missed one, now you trash all of a sudden. They'll make 60 <laughs> yards all year. But um, I got a question, though, to Miss Ashley Jackson. Uh-oh. Dion or Eddie? We need to know. <laughs> Pick one. What? Dion or Eddie? <laughs> Who did you enjoy playing for besides all the extra and the shenanigans or whatever had or happened? That's a good one. That's a great one. No hard yeah, feelings. We grown men. We can take it. Okay. Well, I both for different reasons. Dion, of course, you gave me my. Oh, no, no. Listen. You know, know she's going to be politically correct. Like she's a senator or something. Hey, I might be somebody. I might be an alderman <laughs> one day, you know. But even still, no. I mean, for real, it's 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 different. That's why I kind of prerequisite everything. With this podcast is like it's it's weird for me to be in this place from from person that cared enough to find me in the chat after I've been out here talking to everybody, and you just pulled me to the side, and that was not the position that I was going to choose. I was going to be either a wide receiver or a DE. And for you to see that in me, Dion, just be like, man, you know, I want her to be on my squad. And you could have had anybody else. We had a lot of good players that season 13. But for you to just be like, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to give you a shot. But then I have Eddie over here just, man, he has taken what you started, Dion, and just trying to to make it even better. And he's been trying to make sure that, I mean, with the, I always do interceptions either way, from both, both of y'all. <laughs> but it's like he's taking the time out to really delve down and see exactly what I can do to be a better player. And with the opportunities of being GM and things like that, you know, 
I felt in a way both of y'all needed me for different reasons. And I'm I'm great to I'm glad to be both of your friends. I'm great to I'm, I'm glad to just have both of you guys in my life. Is that that's good? So bottom line, Dion. Everybody heard it, Dion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ashley Jackson for SFL governor. That was a great politically correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's yeah. Not <laughs> All right. But you know, thank you guys again for being on. And as far as you guys uh saying that I'm gonna be on my ass, I don't think so. I know how to scramble, <laughs> I know how to get the hell out of the way when I need to. And if you see last game, I avoided a couple sacks. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I got sack once. Did I? Just, just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. one. Just one. Yeah, that's my but guy. See, he already know it. Hey, you, get your scale game. Look saying, at my guy. He got it right here. He like, okay, oh, but, but did you see <laughs> how many times Didi Dee, sacks sacks Christian? Yeah, Didi is a beast. All right. So JQ, y'all talking about me? Better watch out. JQ is what boy. He's not worried about Torres and Thornton and his lip. Mm, I'm not worried about wide receivers. I ain't worried about none of y'all. JQ gonna get carted off the field. (laughs) (laughs) He getting, he getting, JQ getting carted off. Bounty gate. Y'all heard me here first. Some fines coming down. (laughs) (laughs) JQ better come out the flag because with the weapons we got, somebody's gonna be open. And Q gets the ball quick. Don't worry, we got something for y'all. We don't don't worry. (laughs) It's gonna be all right. See y'all soon. But see you soon. That's all right, he y'all. Go so he can get back in the lab. <laughs> no, no excuses. So you can continue in the lab while you over there running the Sims while the game hey, while we talking. I'm done. It's over and done with now. I'm about to go eat some dinner. Moss. That's what you saw, I'm right? A, I'm gonna take a shot to this toss of win <laughs> this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Shots early. We'll see. <laughs> Tell you what, whoever whoever wins got to buy drinks at the convention. How about that? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll let everybody. Hey, I'm game for that. I'm game. That's damn. Yeah. All right. You mean the loser buys drinks? That's what I meant. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. That's what I meant. Know what <laughs> we know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you. All right. All right. All right, everybody. And that is it. Thank y'all so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Special thank yous goes out to my guests, DJ Humes and Dion Hawkins and Christopher Andrews and Eddie Gage. And of course, Mr. Michael Torello himself. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ashley. This is the second time I've, I've been on and I've enjoyed it uh, immensely both times. So uh, anytime you, you have Carolina on or, or a broadcaster's episode or something, just let me know and, and I'll be uh, happy to come back. Okay, I would love that. You know, I'm, I'm always looking for people. I'm always looking for it. And I thank you for um, even having time tonight to even host the show. I know you got a lot of meetings and everything that you're going through, so thanks. But I all right, actually. anytime. But everybody remember too. well, I'm looking forward to bringing you another great podcast next week. But until then, y'all, stay safe, treat each other well. Striker and Mike.